Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson, I'll tell y'all while I'm la- why I'm laughing in a second. We are here regardless to help make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. I feel like I was excited for this episode and then I looked at something that Michelle wrote on the notes and now I'm like, I don't know if I want to go forward. <laughs> So here we go. Uh, Last week, we gave you all a step-by-step process for breaking down those really big projects so that you can feel more controlled and less stressed. Today, we're going to give you all a little plan with us as we model the steps and show you how we break down a project of our own. So grab your organizers and let's get planning. Okay. First, we are each (laughs) going to share a TSH of our own. And this is why I was laughing at the beginning. Because I put a note in of what I wanted to share as my TSH and Bridget saw it and was just horrified and also very judgmental. And I will, I just am going to kick us off so that I can get this out into the air and explain. So I actually put two things because there are kind of two time sucking hurdles going on in my life right now. The first one is related to my walking pad, which is basically one of those like little treadmills that doesn't have like the arms and stuff. It's just the walking part, but you can put it under a standing desk. And as someone that works from home, I've had a standing desk and I loved it, but I wanted movement while I was standing and working. So I got this walking pad and I, oh, I just, can I just say best purchase of the year? However, I now am a little obsessive with getting my steps in. And so I only want to do things computer-based because that's what I do while I'm walking. I work on the computer or I read books, but I will put off things that I need to do not on the walking pad. So for example, I'm signing these like book plates to mail out to everyone who Mm -hmm. pre-ordered my book by the end of February. And I can't sign those like while I'm walking. It's just not going to turn out well, but I will put it off because I want to keep walking and like get in my steps. And that is a problem. All right. So explain the second one. (laughs) Okay. So this is a show, just to clarify, Bridget, because I don't... What are you watching? Hold on. First of all, if you have children, earmuffs. Um, So the show is called... Skip forward about a minute. (laughs) The show is called The Sex Lives of College Girls. It's by Mindy Kaling. It's on HBO Max. And it's one of those shows I had like heard of. And Billy and I were like, okay, we'll give it a try. I freaking love it. It's so funny. Now, it ain't for everyone, okay? I could just, it ain't for everyone. But it's basically about these four college roommates. They're freshmen at a college in Vermont. Mm -hmm. And it just follows their lives. And there's like kind of the nerdy, geeky one who is only there because she has a scholarship and like she can't afford to go otherwise. There's like the rich kind of stuck up girl. The one girl wants to be like a female comedy writer and she's kind of very aloof. And then the other girl is like, play soccer and is more of like the athlete, but they all have these like things going on in their lives. It's just very, very good. And it's very well written. And the Mm. episodes, thank goodness, are only like between 20 and 28 minutes. So they're short, but Billy and I are not show bingers. Okay. We are like watch one episode a night type of people. We have a routine. We have been binging this, watching like three to four episodes a night because it's that good. And we're already almost done. We just started it like two days ago, but there's only 10 episodes in season one and 10 episodes in season two. We're already like halfway through season two and I'm going to be sad when it's over. There is a season three coming, but not until the fall, but I love it. Mm. It's so good. Okay. All right. That's not as bad as I thought it was. See? (laughs) See? 
See, context is so important. Um, okay, so I'm going to share my TSH. I feel like my TSHs are pretty boring, I'll, but whatever. I feel like I have two of them. Okay. One of them is work, which isn't, I mean, it's just, it's work. Yeah. I don't know what else to say here, guys. Like, I have been diving in with my new district and really looking at um, curriculum and they're they're pushing out learning plans. And so I've been going to board meetings and I've been trying to learn as much as possible um, about where they are and where they want to go because I want to contribute and I want to make sure that we're doing the right thing for teachers, which is just it's very, very time consuming and I feel very tired sometimes Yeah, <laughs> because I'm like setting up meetings with like some of the admin there and they're kind of helping me walk through like what is it that they're doing. And so those meetings on top of teaching all day, on, on top of going to board meetings and uh, I even the thought of it just exhausts me. But my second TSH is a fun one. Okay. <laughs> so I, you know, I love my cozy games. I like cozy games. But what's really interesting is like, I don't play them for very long. It, do not judge me all. Okay. I'm sensing judgment over this podcast. But I like to also watch people play cozy games. Oh. So, <laughs> so here's what's happened is that there is a new game in town and it's called Dinkum. And I would be so curious if any of the other teacher friends out there know what Dinkum is, but it's a PC game and it's like a cross between Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, and then also Minecraft. OMG, it has like consumed me. It is so much fun and I love it because I love the little challenges that you have to get through it. I love how realistic it is. Like you have to buy licenses to be able to, to do things, but then you have to like, you're in this like new island and these animals are attacking you. And so you have to kill the animals and then you can go deep mining where the bats are crazy. There's just so many fun things in there. And the possibilities are just endless. You're building an entire little town, which is so much fun. So I've been doing that and I accidentally got turned obsessed. So the past couple of days, like now he's been like super obsessed of doing that. But th those are my TSHs. Pretty lame. I know. I know. I'm lame. I don't know what else to say. Well, I'm just laughing because when you said that, what's the name of the game? Dingum? Dinkum. 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 It reminded me of in the office when Michael goes to talk to Daryl and Daryl teaches him Dika Flika. Dika Flika. It's yeah. Yeah. And I saw someone with a license plate that had that on it and I thought it was funny. Really? Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. I love that. So back in episode 167 or 166, which was literally the last episode, it was called Project Planning 101. We shared six steps you can follow to break down any project, whether it's related to school and teaching or your home and family life. And in this episode, we are going to put those exact same steps into practice in real time. And we're each going to plan an upcoming project. Okay, now in full transparency, we did not prepare an outline for this episode like we usually do. So instead, we're going to be completely vulnerable with you and we're going to plan these projects in real time so that you can fully see this process. Now, I feel like we need to put a little bit of a disclaimer here, right? Because in my personal opinion, I don't think project planning is something you can do in like 20 or 30 minutes. I think, you know, it needs to be something that is more of a 
ongoing process that you're constantly coming back to and reflecting. So if we miss things as we're going, oh, we will. Please do not judge us. <laughs> we 100% will, especially because we feel the pressure of doing it on the podcast. I know. I know. So much pressure. And let me just say, I think we both have felt stressed going into this episode, which we really shouldn't. Yes. It's not that big of a no. deal. But I do think we will feel much better after. So I'm happy we're yes. doing this. It's like holding us I accountable. Agree. And plus, I was able to kind of put off planning this project all week because I'm like, Bridget and I are going to plan it out on Sunday. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. All right. Step number one, identify the project. We can do that, Bridget. So, we can do that. Yeah. What's yours? So my project is planning some upcoming professional development sessions for a conference called MACUL. I should know what that stands for and I can't remember, but it's in Detroit and it's taking place actually around the time this episode comes out. It's from March 14th or 15th through the 17th. So it is coming up very quickly because we are recording this on Sunday, February 19th. So less than a month away. Bridget, your turn. Identify a project. Girl, guys, can we just acknowledge how much Michelle has been killing it with some of these presentations? Like she's been doing so many presentations for districts and I'm just so proud of her because she's killing it and she's helping. And I just, I just love her. Oh, All right. thank you. That's what I had to say. All right. Okay. Let's talk about my project, which mine is not fancy. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> is. is. Nothing exciting. No, it's not. Everybody's going to hear this and they're going to roll their eyes saying, God bless you. <laughs> That's just because they okay. know it's a lot of work, <clears throat> which it I is. I know. I know. So one of the really big projects that I, I want to focus on is helping to assist with writing a grade level curriculum for my district. So currently, my district has been utilizing Lucy Calkins for several years. I know, guys, we're not going to say anything. We're not going to speak it out there. We all recognize Lucy Calkins is not the best. And I think teachers already understood that and they weren't fully implementing Lucy the way that we we think. So let's just put that out as a disclaimer because everybody there recognizes it. But that's what the resource that they had. So now as we're going into more of a personalized learning approach, we need to develop really good unit plans and curriculums to support teachers so that they can then create learning plans to support students in the process of learning. So I am helping to assist with writing a full grade level curriculum for the district. Whoop, whoop. It's a lot, but it's it's exciting it's too. Stressful. It is. It is exciting. And I really like curriculum. Yeah. And I like and you're really good curriculum. at it. Thanks, lady. You put me in math and I don't know if I'd be that great. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about reading. That's why we are like peanut butter and jelly. Okay. We are. Oh, I love that song. Peanut butter, jelly. Time. Oh, sorry. See, my brain went to the office when Pam and Jim start <laughs> dating and Kevin is like, oh, PB and J, Pam Beasley and Jim. Anyway. We're done step one, which means we're like 16, 17% of the way there. That's pretty good. Got it. Okay. Okay. Step two, also an easy one for the most part, determine the deadline. So for me, this is easy because it is a fixed deadline because the conference is taking place on certain days and there is no wiggle room there. Now the actual conference, again, I can't remember if it starts on the 14th or 15th, but my first day of presenting is the 15th. I'm presenting five different sessions on three different days. So I present the 15th, 16th, and 17th of March. However, I fly out on the 14th, but in reality, that's a Tuesday. I need to have it done by that Sunday because 
I'm going to be packing and getting ready for the trip. Mm -hmm. So what is that Sunday? Hold on. I should have a calendar in front of me. 14th is a Tuesday, which means 13th is a Monday, 12th, March 12th. I'm writing that down in my little notebook, (sighs) March 12th. So, okay. That's like, so you got it. That's like, you got your three weeks. You were right. It's March 12th. Three weeks. Okay. Your turn. Yep. Oof. Three weeks. Do you have to do five different sessions? Yes. Five different sessions. Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't remind me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. So if I was thinking about determining my deadline and every single teacher out there is probably saying good luck with that. Um, Ideally, the goal would be that the curriculum is done for the beginning of the school year next year. Right. That is the goal. Now, I don't work summers. I am a teacher, so I am at home and I try to stick to that. Now, if they choose to create a curriculum team to come in over the summer, that would be a different situation. So ideally, I would want to have some form of a progression unit map and um you know, learning targets and all those things. And I know we're going to come back to the tasks in a little bit. I would want to have that by the end of the school year. So my end of the school year is in May. So the last day for students is on May the 26th. And then teachers last day is going to be May the 31st. Okay. So I'm going to pinpoint May the 31st. Okay. Now, I don't, and I'm just curious, are you coming at this with, I will be done by that day or in the back of your head, are you telling yourself there's a little bit of flexibility? I think there's a little bit of flexibility with this because there's no way that you can pinpoint all of that yeah. and just say, here's what it is. So, I mean, ideally it would be nice to have it done right. so that when you go off in the summer, you don't have to think about it because Lord knows we all hate being called for that curriculum team and you're like oh cringe I don't want to go in June yeah okay (laughs) for an entire week so I would say May 31st to have it done okay all right well we're a third of the way there technically not those were the easiest steps but I know step number three is to do a brain dump this is where we are breaking down the project into all of those little tasks so we're just writing down like oh I need to do this and I need to do that here's what I was thinking Mm -hmm. Bridget we need to take a break so how about we take a break while we brain dump and then we can come back on and kind of share like what we have I love it. Okay. Let's do it. Good. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will share the results of our brain dumps. Bridget, do you ever feel like you're a hamster running on a wheel? Oh my gosh. All the time. (laughs) I feel like everyone has a traumatic hamster story, but that's for another day. I do feel like we all go through those times where we're just kind of, you know, in a rut. Yes, you're absolutely right. Whenever I feel stuck in a rut, I love to try something new. So if you're listening to this and you haven't tried digital planning yet, this is your sign. Cue the song, I Saw the Sign. I'll Mm -hmm. spare you from listening to my horrible singing, but we have free digital planner samples you can download on our website. You can head over to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store and then click on the purple box that says try our digital planner for free. From there, you can choose the Google Slides or tablet format and have it sent to your email right away. But if you love it, you can always come back and purchase the full version with all the dated templates. But this is a great way to try it out risk-free. Now, back to the episode. 
we're back from a successful brain dump. Um, at least somewhat successful, (laughs) successful enough. I'm already sitting here looking at it going, I know I'm forgetting something. And if you have that feeling, Bridget mentioned it in the last episode. I think it's nice to like step away from it from a bit and then come back to it because it's really hard to brain dump all of the things like at one time. But absolutely. Bridget, do you want to share some of the things from your brain dump? Okay, I'm about to overwhelm every single teacher out there. Okay, so in going back to writing this curriculum, here are some of the things that I thought that are necessary for teachers to feel really successful. So one is looking at power standards and making sure that we understand what are going to be those standards that we absolutely need to make sure that students understand and have a grasp of before moving on to the next grade level. Those are like those essential things because we all know that there are standards that are going to be introductory standards for certain years and they're going to get hit on for the next year. So identifying those power standards. Developing learner profiles, which is kind of a personalized learning component there. And a learner profile is just having students be able to say, what is the best way that I learn? Creating unit plans for teachers. So um, having that horizontal progression and also the vertical progression so that we're ensuring that they match between different grade levels. So if I'm teaching main idea, how does that look different between the three, four, five, six lens? And so having that, you need to also have the standards that are broken down and scaffolded into learning targets. So again, it's going back to like anchor standard number, you know, two, where it's like, oh, I have to be able to describe the setting, the plot, the characters of a story. That's a lot. So breaking those down so it makes sense for teachers and providing them with that progression of, okay, here are the learning targets that you need to teach in an order that you need to teach in. Creating a grammar progression that's embedded into the, each of the units. So if we want to develop this really connected curriculum, we have to have the grammar progressions connected into that. Vocabulary instruction that is also embedded. And so when you have that vocabulary instruction, you also want to have mentor text selected. So what are those mentor texts that are going to really facilitate those learning targets or the focus of that unit? You want to have writing that's aligned to reading, which is really important. So looking at the connections between the two and being able to make those. Looking for common graphic organizers that are connected to the progression so that if I'm using it in one school, another teacher is using it in a different school, we have that, you know, commonality between all Mm -hmm. of us. Having common assessments. Um, So part of personalized learning is having pre and post assessments. So developing those for both reading and writing that are connected to the unit plans for, you know, being able to assess that. Having proficiency scales. So if you are a standards-based school, proficiency scale is essentially taking that um, standard or that focus of learning and then really breaking it down into like a four, three, two, one. Like what is it that the students are demonstrating at a level three that shows that they're proficient? Looking at time frames, so how long is it that teachers are going to take for each of the units? Looking at learner plans, which is again that more personalized approach, so that if I know that I'm going to be teaching a unit on characters, then what is it that the students are able to do to demonstrate that that level of learning and providing choice in that? So we don't want all of them taking a test. At the end of the day, some kids might do a presentation, and other kids might look at it from a brochure. Other kids might create, you know, a magazine or something to that extent. So developing learner plans that are consistent across the entire um, district. Outlining a progression for the year. So here's kind of an overview of what you're going to be teaching and when you're going to be teaching it. 
Um, creating scaffolded activities that could be an option because I think brand new teachers coming into the district need to have some form of scaffolded activities that are going to be beneficial. And then at the very end of it, I think there needs to be professional development that's aligned to making sure that teachers have a very clear understanding of how to take these unit maps and then implement it into the classroom. Yeah, that was a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Now, when you did your brain dump, I'm just curious, did you literally just like as things came to you, you wrote it down or did you start to try to like organize and kind of lump things? Um, I I just wrote it down. Okay. What were the things that I kind of thought needed to just happen? And so I just dumped it. So some of these things, like as I was talking through them, I have like I do have learner plans doubled up, but I didn't mention it until a little bit later again. Like I gotcha. So I think when I was talking through it, I was mm-hmm. organizing it as I was looking at it all. But when I wrote it all down, it's just a hodgepodge of bullets. Okay. I was yeah. just curious because I know everyone's going to go about their brain dump differently. Yeah. Um, and so I was just curious because I think so how'd it's... how'd you do yours? Well, I was going to say, because so, I started to organize mine. Okay. But I think it's important that we kind of let people know like there's not a right or wrong way to do it, right? We're all different. Right. We have to find the way that works for us. So yeah. since mine is around planning PD and I am planning five different PD sessions, I basically created these like kind of groups. I used uh, almost like columns. So I made like, here's a section where I'm planning out this session. Here's the mm-hmm. section where I'm planning out this session. So I had my five different like sections based on my presentations. So the first one is called lights, camera engagement, how to elevate video creation experiences for students. And that one is a little bit different than the others because it's a two hour session instead of a one hour session. And there's going to be materials involved in that, but we'll come back to that. Mm -hmm. Then the other four, which I'm presenting on the last two days of the conference are all kind of follow the similar theme. So it's putting the tech and teach Three ways to use Google Slides with students, three ways to use Google Forms with students, three ways to use Google Sheets with students, and then Padlet, which for Padlet, instead of just sharing three ways, I'm breaking it down into the the TEACH acronym, which stands for Mm -hmm. like teach, engage, assess, collaborate, and then hands-on. Then I did create a final category of just like I called it all, but it's basically things that don't have to do with the specific session that I still have to do to get ready for this like trip. So I'm actually going to start there because that's the easiest part. So I will need to gather all of my presenting materials. So those are all of the different like dongles and attachments for my computer and making sure I have the right chargers and a power strip because you never know what the room that you're walking into is going to be like. My clicker, like all of the kind of technology-based things that I need. I also need to pack all of the materials because I mentioned that that first session on um, student video creation is going to have materials. So I need to be able to pack them and they need to fit into a carry-on suitcase because I refuse to check a bag that has presentation materials. I carry it on so I don't have to worry about it getting lost. And then I put on here planning meals. Typically, if I'm going for just like a one day presentation, I'll, I'm okay eating out, but I'm going to be there for like four days and mm. I have a powerlifting meet about a month later. So I need to stay on track. And my plan is <laughs> to find like a nearby grocery store to walk to because I'm not going to have a rental car 
and be able to like grab stuff that I can basically just throw in the microwave or, you know, not have to microwave or refrigerate to eat. So I need to plan out like, what am I going to eat? Because that's important to me. (laughs) But going back to each session, a lot of the tasks carried over from session to session. The only one that's different is that video creation one. I'm basically showing teachers how to use green screens and how to teach students to use green screens. So with that, I have to purchase materials that I'm going to pack and bring so that they can experience green screens. So that one is a little bit different because there's a little more I have to do with it. Um, But all the other presentations all have these same tasks. I need to outline the presentation. I just use a Google Doc. I need to create examples. So if I'm showing teachers how to use Google Slides to make like an interactive notebook, I need to have an example interactive notebook Mm -hmm. to be able to show them. I need to create the guides. So I like to give them a PDF guide that they could then follow along at their own time to know how to like put them together. I need to create the slides. I need to create the links. A lot of times I will share with them like bit.ly links in order to access the examples or templates that I've made. I need to practice the presentation (laughs) and for the video creation one, I need to do a little bit of research because I used to do green screens a lot, but some of the apps may have changed. So just making sure that like my information is up to date. So those tasks basically all carry over for all five of the presentations. And in fact, Bridget can see, or maybe she can't, it might be too small. I I didn't even write it under all of them. I just, I'm like, yep, it's on each of these different presentations. (laughs) Holy moly. It's so interesting because I don't think a lot of people understand what all goes into professional development and making sure that it's I mean, really good professional development, right? right? I mean, we've all had the professional development that we're sitting in and they're like, oh, read this article and then discuss. And you're like, what is this? Yeah. (laughs) It's like planning a lesson. It is. It's planning a a good lesson. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. A really good lesson for adults. And it is very, very overwhelming. Okay. So now we're going into what? Step four? Yes. Which is ordering the tasks. And we mentioned in the last episode about how you might be ordering them based on deadlines. So if certain things have to be done by a certain date, those need to be higher up on your to-do list, but you also might have them ordered by priority. We all know when we do these brain dumps, there are things that are must-dos and then there are things that are nice-to-dos. Like if they don't get done, it's not the end of the world. And so we recommend saving those for kind of the bottom of your to-do list. But Bridget, I'm curious where your mind is going with your tasks. Yeah, I think, um, so for my task, I know I listed a lot of different things. I've listed things down from, you know, creating the unit maps to creating learning plans and then going into professional development for teachers. Because I think that's one of the areas that a lot of school districts are really lacking is making sure that professional development is embedded into what it is that they're, the message that you're trying to get across with their unit plans. So as I'm sitting here and thinking of it, I think the first step is really making sure that there is an aligned progression. So what does that progression look like from the beginning of the year to the end of the year? And does that progression hit all of the state standards that we need to be able to focus on? So that would be the first step is to create that progression and then also make sure that it's vertically aligned between those grade levels. Mm -hmm. And again, Mm -hmm. it's making sure that what I'm teaching in fourth grade isn't the same thing that the fifth fifth grade teacher is teaching or the sixth grade teachers teaching. Right, we want right. to make sure that there's difference between them. And that's mainly because 
I'm just going to say it. I don't think schools do a good job of helping teachers understand what it is that they're teaching. They don't give us training in, you know, understanding and unpacking those anchor standards, which I think is a really important thing. And I think it's something that can release so much stress from teachers' lives. When they feel like they really know what they're doing, they're not coming in you know, having to spend hours looking stuff up online. I was not going to yep. say stuff. <laughs> I was getting really passionate, so I'm going to chill out. Um, so I think that's the first step. And then from there, I think I, it's going into and breaking down those units. And so as we address each of the units, you're going to do a lot of different things, right? So mm-hmm. within each unit, you're going to look at the mentor text, the vocabulary, the pre and post assessments, the grammar progression, the vocabulary, I already said vocabulary, the scaffolded learning targets. Um, so a lot of the things that I mentioned is like embedded in each of the units. So it's almost as if I need to create that progression and then look at each unit and create a deadline for each unit. Okay. That was going to be my follow-up because you mentioned the units and I was curious when you are actually completing the task, do you plan to go unit by unit or like, for example, with vocabulary, I'm going to find all the vocabulary for each unit. Then I'm going to go and create the scaffolded activities or find the scaffolded activities for each unit Yeah, because my my brain went to, you could do it either way. I exactly. And I agree with you. I think it, it just depends on the best way for you and the way that you would end up creating it. Um, I like saying that I'm done with a unit so that gotcha. if we're not done by the end of the year, right, I at least know, okay, at least I have two units or three units to start with. Right. And right. now I don't have to worry about those. I don't need to go back and review those. At least those are done and ready for teachers to go ahead and implement it and I can get it into their hands immediately. Right. Okay. This, that makes if sense. I did it the other way, I feel like I wouldn't have anything that's finished that I could hand off to them. Right, right. So I think I might end up doing unit by unit. And then from there, um, I think looking at the learning plans for kids and looking at how they can demonstrate their level of learning. And then from that point, it's like the professional development. And while I feel like I'm putting professional development last and I think it's so important, um, maybe it should go in between unit plans and learning plans. I don't know. I don't really know exactly where that stands, but I also don't know if I'm going to be allowed to put in the professional development component, right? Right. So right. I'm not sure how that all ends up working out, but that's okay. my thought. And I feel like if they were listening to this, hopefully they would be able to put those professional development opportunities in there. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. Okay. What about um, you? So with mine... You know, it's interesting because I look and not that I feel overwhelmed, but I'm just like, it's a lot to get done in like three weeks. But the good news is (laughs) I'm looking at it. And one of the first things I'm telling myself is like, okay, what from this is a nice to do? Like, what can I kind of in the back of my head, almost like imagine isn't on my plate. And if I end up having time, great. But if not, it's not the end of the world. And for me, it would be those guides. Now, I do Mm -hmm. already have the guides created for the Google Forms presentation. But if I don't end up having time to create these free guides for the video one, for the Google Slides, for the Google Sheets, I actually do already have one for Padlet. So that one is done, which is good. Ooh, but yes, um, <laughs> if I don't have it done for the other ones, it's not the end of the world. I do love to give freebies with my presentations, but it's not a requirement. So right. in the back of my head, those are going at the very bottom in terms of priority. 
And then just above that would be the things that I'm not going to do until just before I go. So the whole like packing and gathering my materials and even planning out the meals, I could do that on the plane if I needed to. So those are going to be some of the last things that I complete. In terms of what I'm going to do first, because I like to start at the end and then like go back to the beginning. I don't know why. So the presentation with the video creation, I need to do that one first because that one requires materials. The rest of them, it's all digital, but for the video one, I need to order stuff and I need to make sure it comes in in time. So I know I'm going to start with that presentation. Plus I think I'll feel much better when it's done because it's the longest one and it's the one that I have the least amount already prepared for. Now within each of these, I... I have to outline first because I need to know like what I'm doing. So looking at the video one, the very first thing I'm going to do is like that research to make sure my apps and everything are up to date. Then I'm going to outline, then I'm going to purchase the materials because once I outline and I know what I need, I can get those things ordered. Then I like to create like any examples first because Mm -hmm. I end up incorporating the examples into the presentation. And so if I try to do the presentation first, like the slides, I end up kind of getting stuck and I have to like switch gears and create the examples. So I'm going to create the examples, then the slides, then the links, then practice. And then if I do have time to create the guides, I will do that. And I'm going to keep kind of that same structure order for each of the different presentations. So that's where I'm at. Moving on to step five, placing the tasks on the to-do list. Now, uh, we're not going to take the time to like type it all out, but Bridget, I'm curious just like where your mind is going with this. Okay, so it's interesting because I also would really like your feedback on what to do best. So, I mean, we already know that we really love Google Tasks. Like Google Uh Tasks is just, it's goldmine to be able to do that. And I could definitely create a project list for like developing a curriculum for fourth grade and having like each of the unit maps written in there, right? So like mm-hmm. I would start with having, you know, create the progression. Once the progression is created, then I can say like, make sure it's vertically aligned. And so there mm-hmm. are certain things that I would want to ensure that's vertically aligned. Okay. Then, you know, you could have it broken down by each unit. Now, there are two different options here because this is a very repetitive piece, right? Mm-hmm. Like the vocabulary, the mentor text, the learning targets, the organizers, like all that's like the same thing over and over and over again for each right. unit. I have two options. One, I can take that information and create sub bullets under mm-hmm. each unit. Mm-hmm. Or do I just create a Google Keep? and have it as one of those where I can just uncheck it and go back once I'm starting with a new unit. Like a, a recurring checklist. Yeah, it like does. a recurring checklist. And it's funny because when you were saying, oh, this could go multiple ways, that's exactly where my brain was going. I'm I like, know. you could make subtasks or you could do a recurring checklist. I personally, um, <laughs> I might do both. No, I, <laughs> I think... I think it, you're ultimately going to be following a checklist, right? Because you're doing the right. same things each time. In terms of how you actually organize it, I personally would create those subtasks. And actually that's what I, because mine's kind of similar, right? I'm right. following those same steps for each presentation. I plan to create those sub bullets for like outline, create slides and so on mm-hmm. for each presentation. So the presentation title will be the main bullet. And in your case, it would be like right. unit one, unit two. Right. And then those tasks will all be the sub bullets. 
only because I think there is that sense of relief that you feel as you check them off and you see that list getting shorter. It feels less daunting and you feel like you're making progress, especially with something you're going to be doing for the next few months. There will be times where you're like, I feel like I'm not moving forward at all. And I think seeing that progress from a visual standpoint would be helpful. I also think it's beneficial because then I can attach it to my Google Calendar to set more of those like strict deadlines if I would Mm -hmm. want to set those strict deadlines to keep me on track. Yeah. And I think once it does that, like it'll pop up on my calendar, but it doesn't move, right? That that task, once I put it into my calendar, is not going to move to a different Correct. And list. here's what I actually, right. It has to stay on that list, but you could okay. even Bridget, since this is going to take you, like I said, a couple of months, maybe you have a separate list. Like, like I currently have one for like book launch stuff, right? Because right. I, there's just so much with it. I created a separate project list for that. And I just have all the tasks done there. Yeah. Um, so you could definitely do it that way. What I do love about if you put it into Google calendar, at a specific day and time, if you don't finish it on that day, it'll continue, like it'll stay on your list, but it'll say like one day past due, two days past due. And I think that's nice sometimes as a reminder. It is really nice. All right. I think that's the step I'm going to take. Is that what you're doing too? Yeah. So in my head, I'm already going, okay, since we're about to start a new week, I've been trying to get everything else off my to-do list so that I could focus solely on this. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, looking at this week ahead, the only main thing I'm doing is recording YouTube videos. And I plan to get that done on Monday. So I think what I'm going to do is put all of the tasks for that video creation presentation on my things to do this week list. And my goal will be to have those done this week since it's the longest presentation. And then the other four, I'm going to break up over the next two weeks. So I'll do two a week and I'm going to use those sub bullets like you mentioned. So I'm going to put the title as the main bullet and then I'll have the sub bullets underneath. And the final things of like packing and all that will go on that week before, you know, I I go. But I already almost I kind of built that into my deadline because really my deadline is just for actually getting the presentations done, the packing and all that I'm going to do on that Monday. So I think that's where I'm kind of going with it. So now we're going into step six, which is going to be to create those scheduled check-ins. Now, what's great is that I feel like we've already started building in those Mm check-ins, but now we just need to make sure that we're following through with it. Yeah, I know I mentioned it in the last episode, but I now have it as a recurring task on my Sunday power list. So it's already generated onto my power list for today within Google Tasks to do my weekly check-in. And so what I'm going to do once Bridget and I are done podcast recording, but I'm going to take all of those things that I brain dumped and go ahead and load them into my to-do list. That way it will be done in there. And then next Sunday, hopefully all of those video creation ones are off of my list and I can move over the next ones that I'm going to get done. Whew. We did it guys. We did it. I do feel better. I have to, I have to be honest. I feel better. I know it is. It's so much better once you're able to sit down. And I, I personally enjoy the, the being able to talk it out with somebody. Yes. Um, so even if you don't, you know, you're listening to this and you're like, man, I enjoyed kind of hearing us. You can always put us in on the background. If as you're planning, you just want to have that motivation piece. I love that. Um, but I think you can find somebody to sit down and plan with, you know, somebody Mm -hmm. who's going to really match your style and allow you to bounce ideas off. It's super beneficial. 
And just so y'all know, when we were brain dumping, literally Bridget and I are like, okay, I'm taking off my headphones. And we were on Skype together, but we weren't like talking during that time. And then every now and then we would like kind of bounce ideas off of each other. But it was nice just to have like that accountability buddy, you know? It is. All right. Well, I will take care of the outro, Bridget. You you deserve a break because you've been doing a great job. So we would love for you to check out our website, teachingonthedouble.com. From there, you can purchase our digital teacher planners and have that template ready to go for project planning. You also can submit your TSH for the chance to be featured in a future episode. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do that. All it does is automatically downloads the episodes for you so they're ready to listen when we drop our new episodes every Thursday morning. And if you can leave us a review, that would be fantastic. We do read them and they always bring huge smiles to our faces. So thank you. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.